Uh, we're in a series called Great Expectations, and what we've been talking about is the idea of how damaging sometimes expectations can be, and, and where they show up, and that um, all of us have expectations. You woke up this morning with expectations. You expected that your car would start, your alarm would go off, uh, you expected maybe to argue with your family. You had all sorts of expectations. Some of them are, we know about, and we follow through. Other ones kind of catch us by surprise, and we didn't even know we had the expectation until it wasn't met. And then we look back and we go, wow, or, or we don't look back. We just are frustrated. And so that's what we've been talking about is this idea of all of us have expectations. And uh, that was, you know, kind of part of what the initial thing was. And then we stole this from AA. Expectations are premeditated resentments. And that means that if, if you have an expectation and it doesn't happen, you're resentful that it didn't happen. You feel cheated, kind of. And you have an expectation that traffic is going to be light and it's not. You resent everyone who drives a car other than your car, right? You, know, you, you have an expectation that your husband or your wife is going to act a certain way and they don't. You resent the fact that they didn't follow through or they didn't, it, it didn't happen the way you wanted never happened in my home, but I'm sure it could possibly. Uh, and then the other thing we talked about is expectations diminish gratitude. If you have an expectation and it's filled, well, it was your expectation. There's no reason to be grateful for something you expected. And so what we've been talking about is just, is there a place for expectations? Is there like, a, how does this all play? And so last week we talked about the idea that some of us have expectations about ourselves, I should have a boyfriend by now. I should uh, not, you know, I'm just speaking on behalf of everybody. Uh, but, uh, you know, I should be farther along in my career. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, if you're a pastor, the church should be bigger. The church should be this or that. Well, whatever, whatever. We all uh, have these expectations. And, and, they, and we have expectations for ourselves. And so what we talked about last week was where do they come from? And does the Lord have expectations for us? And who should we be listening to? Ourselves or our, our parents, the expectations they might have labeled us with or whatever? Or do we listen to our Heavenly Father? And that latter was the answer. You listen to your Heavenly Father. So that was last week. And the question we've been asking ourselves throughout this whole series, and we'll continue to ask ourselves, is this. Do you want God to meet your expectations or do you want to meet God? Do you want to go through life and every time your expectations aren't met, you go, Lord, this isn't fair. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Or do you want to go through life and when something happens, your expectations aren't met, you go, God, teach me in this moment to be like your son, Jesus. Teach me, teach me in this moment. Is there something you have? Is there a reason why this isn't working out the way I had planned? Where are you in all of this? And so this was the question that we've been asking ourselves. Do you want God to meet your expectations or do you want to meet God? So last week we talked about our expectations we have for ourselves. This week we're going to talk about expectations we have for others because we do. We have expectations for our spouses. We have expectations for our, our, our bosses. We have expectations for our employees if you're in management. You have expectations for the congregation if you're a pastor, and you have expectations for the pastor if you're a congregation. You know, all, all these different things. And, and so where, where can they go wrong? Should you have them at all? You got expectations for your kids. A lot of kids have expectations for their parents. You know, we forget that. And so how, how does that all, all play along? So what we're going to do 
is we're going to look at a series of teaching that Jesus did in Luke chapter 6, if you want to kind of find your placeholder on your iPad or on your Bible or whatever. Uh, And then we're going to look at how Jesus modeled what he was teaching, and that'll be in John chapter 13. So so, uh, Luke chapter 6 and then John chapter 16. But um, I don't know if you've ever loaned anybody money. Um, but, uh, sometimes what'll happen just as a pastor, the a family will come to me and say, you know, my son, you know, n- needs 13 grand or whatever. We don't know whether we should loan it to him or what, whatever, you know, you're trying to figure out that whole thing. Sometimes you loan money to your parents, you know, it kind of, it kind of reverses as you get older, you know, and, and then maybe your folks need some, something or whatever. But, um, I've loaned people money and, uh, what happens when you loan someone money, whether you want to say it or not, the relationship changes. There, there's something that takes place that just is human nature. And, and, and it might not be you loaning the money. It might be the person receiving the money. But there's, it, it's, I, it's very difficult to loan someone money and have the relationship just stay the same. Because what happens when you loan money is you gain power. The Bible says it this way, uh, don't borrow from anyone because you'll become their slave. And so when you loan someone money, they're not your slave. Okay, so let's just <laughs> clear that up. Right, right? You're like, this is awesome. I, honey, write this down. You know, like, like no, they're not your slave. But, but, but what happens is there is a shift in power. Okay. And so the, in the Bible, anytime we're talking about power, powerful people, you in power, the Bible gets really specific about how you're supposed to deal with that power. Um, Jesus would say it this way. He's talking to his disciples and he said, you know, the, the rulers of this earth, you know, the, gen, the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over their subjects. But, but you guys, you're not going to be that way. Not so with you, Jesus says. He's, he talks about power. He says, you know, um, um, you know we, we're going we're gonna to take care of the least of these. We're going to take care of kids. We're going to take care of the widow and the orphan. There, there's, Jesus is very concerned about power. And when we lend people money, we... we in power. And so what happens, what the Bible says about that is this. When you lend somebody money, don't expect anything back. We're going to see this in just a little bit. Don't expect anything back. And you're like, well, in that case, I'm not lending anyone any money. Well, okay. Uh, it, it has some other things to say about that. But that's the situation. If you've ever lent somebody money and they say, look, I'll pay you back in a month. I'm getting paid, you know, whatever. And so you don't get paid. And now you're starting to go, dude, what's this, what's this guy's problem? Why, you, know, you know, we had an agreement. And you'd be right to say he or she owes me. Now, we've been talking about loans, but here's what I want. Here's what I'm hoping we'll see this morning. Expectations are loans we're putting on other people, expecting them to pay us back. When we expect something from people, we want payment. I work all day, so you should. I've worked for this company for blah, blah, blah. You should. I stay home with the kids all day. You should. There's this idea that we're getting what we deserve. In America, we would call this a sense of entitlement. And in America, for sure... This is one of our big things we champion in America. This week, um, we got a letter in the mail. Um, my daughters, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Are crazy. Uh, and that's it. And so, um, and so you'll see, you know, 
pictures of them, you know, doing handstands on dangerous places and flips and trips and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then their dad um, should be arrested because I just take pictures of it. It's like, it's like, no, you won't fall. You know, <laughs> got it. It's going on Instagram. Um, and so they're crazy. I'm stupid. It's a bad combination. But uh, my daughter went to this place called Sky High, which is a warehouse filled with trampolines. Like what could possibly go wrong uh, with a warehouse filled with trampolines and, 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 and kids. And so there's this one pit, and she did a uh, she did a double flip into this pit, um, and uh, she'll be the first to tell you that she landed it. Uh, so we'll just get that out of the way. Uh, but her knees were still tucked, and so it 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 broke her nose. Yeah, I know. You guys are like, I will never take my kid to sky high. Well, go ahead. But anyway, uh, so. So we got a letter in the mail, uh, and this happened like a year or a half ago, and it said, listen, you know, why don't you get in on some of the action? You know, we got, she's on a list. She broke her nose and, you know, probably should have a little payout. Why don't you sign this document and we'll go for this class action suit or whatever. And I have to admit, part of me was like, well, how much are we talking? Okay, but <laughs> hey, I, you know. I got bills, right? I mean, it's like if someone's, you know, class action, I don't, you know, whatever. Um, and so, but, but the thing is, it's like something bad happened. So somebody should, those are expectations. Somebody needs to pay. Now those expectations can come in all sorts of different sizes. So let's look at what Jesus has to say about that. And then we'll see how he a- acted. And then, um, and then we'll, we'll, uh, I posted this on my Facebook, by the way, last night. Expectations grow in a garden of entitlement. Now, the only reason I put that up there is because I came up with it myself. And it just sounds so genius. I'm so proud of myself. So you can, you know, you can post that on Facebook, but make sure you put my name. Because <laughs> I was like, ah, I came up with a really great point. I didn't steal it from another pastor. This is fantastic. So um, anyway, I was really excited about that. But let's, let's move on. Luke chapter 6, Jesus says this. Uh, first of all, he's talking to the disciples first, and he basically turns the whole, uh, don't look at that yet, but he basically turns everything upside down. He's talking to his disciples, and he says, listen, blessed are those who mourn. And you're like, wow, there's the kingdom of God. Blessed are, are the poor. Blessed are, uh, blessed are you when people insult you. When they exclude you, he says. And then he has this verse right afterwards. He says, leap for joy. (laughs) Can you imagine? You get off the phone call and you're like, whoa, I was excluded. Yeah. Now there are some things, you know, weddings and stuff that you're kind of happy to not have to go to. But but there are other things that you're, man, I, I, I got excluded. I got insulted. Yes, I got insulted. Honey, come quick. Great news. I got insulted. And then he goes on to kind of drive the point home. Like, woe to you who are wealthy. Woe to you who aren't hungry. Woe to you who think you have it all together. Because you're going to miss a big part of what it means to follow God. Because you kind of already have it figured out. And then almost like he's turning around to everyone else. Like, you know, he's talking to his disciples and people are kind of eavesdropping. Jesus kind of turns it around on them. And, uh. He says, but to you who are listening, like, like I see you. Going, All right, come on in. You okay? You are listening. I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. 
Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Jesus is talking all about entitlement. Because let me tell you, if you have an enemy and they curse you or they attack you or whatever, it feels right. You deserve something, right? You deserve, I deserve, how dare they? Or this is not right. Somebody needs to pay. He goes on and takes it one step further. And I just, I don't want you to lose this from Jesus because this is kind of the the next verse is when we say, you know, turn the other cheek. But let's just read it for what Jesus really does say. If somebody slaps you, I can't think of anything like more disrespectful than to be slapped. If somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If somebody takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Imagine you're in line at Stater Brothers, okay? And you're kicking back and you have 16 items in your cart. And you look up and you realize you're in the 15-item line. So you've got one extra item. And you turn to the person behind you and you go, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry. I got 16 items. And people, psh, they just slap you in the face. It says 15 items. Okay? You got 16. And you're like, oh. You know, that feeling, like that thing, Jesus is going, when that happens, because it happens to me at Stater Brothers all the time, Right? Flip it around and say, well, I did it yesterday too. Go ahead. And hit, you know, it's like, it's like, like, this is what Jesus is talking about. I mean, think about this. Somebody slapped, your boss comes up to your desk, says, how come that report's not done? Well, I don't, you know, you're like, now again, we can sue. Right. Because what? Somebody has to, somebody has to pay for that. You don't just go slapping people. Jesus says, we're going to turn this all upside down. A sense of entitlement. The sense that somebody owes you. The sense that you were wronged and now it has to even the score. We're going we're gonna to change all this around is what Jesus is saying. So then he goes on. He says, uh, give me your coat. Then he says, um, give to everyone who asks you. Wow. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. It's like Jesus has the pendulum go, come swing way. Like, okay, you're... Jesus is going overboard, I think, you know, but this is where he's coming from. Yeah, it might be owed to you. You might have been wronged, but I want you to start thinking a little differently. Now, goes on and he gives this famous verse right after here. It says this, uh, do to others as you would have them do to you. And so that, that's what we call the golden rule. And that kind of makes sense. But can we go back to the slapping part? Because I'm telling you, if someone slaps me in line at Stater Brothers, I'm going to go off. Like, I, how, what, what, what is that? Do to others as you have them do to you. All in, within this context. And then he goes on and keeps going. Like, man, he says, if you love uh, your enemies, uh, but, but love your enemies, do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. If you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and expect to be repaid in full. 
So he goes on, then he says this, and this is really just the amazing thing. He says this, uh, wait, did I, where are we? Good gracious. Ah, be merciful just as your father is merciful. This is the kind of bow that he wraps up on all this stuff. Now, listen, if your enemy slaps you, takes your stuff, grabs your cloak, and you give him your shirt as well, how is that? What does that have to do with mercy? Like, shouldn't somebody be showing me mercy? I got slapped, insulted, and my stuff got taken away. And yet, I'm supposed to show mercy. And you start thinking, just as my heavenly father. Wait a minute. I've done that to him. If anyone has expectations for me, it should be my heavenly father, who I'll sin or whatever, and time and time again, and... And, and, and the other thing about God is he's, he's made his expectations known to us. So oftentimes we have expectations for people and we never even tell them. We're just upset. Uh, uh, Dr. Heather Brown isn't here today, but um, she's kind of our resident uh, family therapist. And so I talk to her like seven or eight hours a day. And so, uh, uh, but one of the things she'll tell you is that unspoken expectations are a killer to a relationship. Because they don't even know. It's like you lent them money and they didn't even know you lent it. And you're demanding payment back. It would be something like this. Uh, again, since we're picking on my daughters all morning, I'll, we'll pick on my daughters some more. But um, we have a, a car that we drive. I'm sorry, baby. It's okay. Good. Okay. Um, and, and so imagine if I have an expectation. My daughters drive this car. And I have an expectation. Every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., you go out, you wash the car, and you make sure there's gas. It's, you fill the gas tank up. Every morning, 7 o'clock, I want, it, I want the car cleaned, and I want it filled with gas. And, but I don't say anything. That's just my expectation. And so I go out at 10 a.m., and the car's dirty, and there's no gas in it. And I'm like, oh. Those ungrateful, you know, I've done, I bought this car. I pay for the gas. I didn't say you got to go get a job and pay for gas. I said, use my credit card and get, I just want you to pay for gas. You know, you drive it more than I do. How come I have to clean it? So at 10 o'clock, I'm out there washing it. Oh, I'm mad. I'm so mad. These ungrateful kids, sense of entitlement to these Gen Xers. I can't stand them. Little rodents running all around. You know, back in my day, I might, you know, all this kind of stuff. I used to, you know, my horse and buggy, I'd keep it clean, you know, <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, right? And so, so then this goes on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I'm just building up resentment because this is, this is exactly what you should do when you have a car, and shouldn't she know that? That's, that's the kind of the rhetoric you'll find in your mind. Shouldn't, shouldn't, I shouldn't have to say something, right? I mean, this is what we all deal with. And pick your other example. I don't, my daughters do awesome with my car, so I'm just picking fake stuff out. But then, but all of a sudden, uh, they get in the car and they're like, hey, dad, thanks for washing the car. And I'm just like, oh, you know, gosh, she's just driving it into my heart. She notices, she saw me out there. And meanwhile, she's like, man, dad loves washing the car. He does it every Saturday and he's really serious about it. He loves it. It's like a workout for him. It's the greatest thing in the world. And he, man, he's just so, he's sweating when he's done. And man, and then I get the, man, my dad's awesome. And I'm going, I hate those little kids. I go, oh. you know, they take after my in-laws. And so, uh, like, 
So all that, now listen. Listen, she never ever knew what was going on. And yet I have all these expectations. Now I want you to see how Jesus actually lived out what he taught to those disciples and to those, those uh, people. We're going to go to John right now. Uh, uh, John chapter uh, 13. See, I think what we're going to find out at the end of this is that setting aside your expectations or verbalizing your expectations. See, if I verbalize my expectations to my daughter, it allows her to win. It allows her to meet the expectations. If I don't verbalize them, then, then if she wins, I'm not grateful. And if she loses, then, then I'm resentful. But if I verbalize them, it allows us like, okay, now here's the deal. We're going to do this. It allows us to negotiate. It go, like I was saying before, I don't become the person in power. We become equals and we, beget, we begin to talk. Have you ever let someone off the hook for some money they owed you and then they paid you back later? They're like the hero. You never even expected it. And it's like, man, see, that's a flip of power. Now watch what happens to Jesus. This is so exciting. Okay, for me anyway. Um, so it's, uh, here, I think I put the verse on there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave, the, oh, oh, yeah, leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who are in the world, uh, and he loved them till the end. So I just want you to get this idea. You're going to see in this verse and in um, the next one, this idea that Jesus knew. And in the language that this was written in, this is really kind of a cool way to say it. it. It's not like he just found out that he was like, I think I'm the Messiah. Like, it it wasn't like that happened, but there's this fresh awakening of, oh man, this is it. That's that's that language there of he knew. It's kind of like this. You're going to get married. Um, Let's say you're a dude and you're going to get married. And and so your wife, your fiance has been talking about the wedding all the time. And you know, you know, it's October 26th. She's like, it's 23rd. Like, oh yeah, 23rd. And so like you're talking about, you know, it's coming. You're planning, you're helping all this kind of stuff. You're doing all that. And, and you know, you're getting married. You just know that. But then there's that time you're standing right here and the doors open and there she is. And you're like, oh, it's really happening. This is where Jesus is. It's the Passover, and he's like, he's like, wow, this is it, okay? I'm going to go back to heaven. Like, what a trip for him. Uh, anyway, um, you guys should read your Bible. It's very exciting stuff. Um, so having loved his own who are uh, in the world, he loved them to the end. And so the meal progresses, and Judas is filled with Satan, which... I, it's beyond my pay grade. I don't know what that looked like. If it looked like something, um, I suggest we don't do that. Um, but watch what he says. This is really cool. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. Jesus knew he has all authority. He is the man. If, he, if there's anyone who should have expectations, it's Jesus. If there's anyone who's owed anything, it is Jesus. If there's anyone who can stand there and go, you know what? I've done all this and you owe me. It's, it is Jesus. If anyone can just go, look, you know what? I, I, I have some expectations for you guys. 
I died on the cross for you, right? This is, he's getting this whole thing of like, wow, this is it. So he knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he'd come from God and he was returning to God. This is it. So what would you do? So how would you respond? So what would you feel like? That so, so what? The next word is so. Like this, like this is what he did. Because he realized all this authority, all this power, where he's going from, what we owe him as humanity, because he understands this, and he's in a position of absolute authority, absolute control, absolute entitlement. Jesus is entitled to every, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He is entitled to worship and glory and honor and power. So watch what he does. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. This is his rabbi's cloak. The thing that shows him that he has authority here. They would walk around in a robe and the rabbis had a certain robe. When they walked by, you knew it was a rabbi. And he took that off. He took off his position, his entitlement. He took off what was owed him. And he lays it on the floor and he wraps a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And Peter freaks out. (laughs) Peter's like, no way. No way. You're not washing my feet. I mean, it's kind of that, that sense of like, no, 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 no. You sit down. I'll do the dishes. You know, you've been that kind of that sense of like, we can't have the rabbi washing our feet. We can't have Jesus, the Messiah, washing our feet. And I'm sure some of them felt like, we should have gotten someone to wash feet. This is what he's saying to us. We blew it. Oh. And if you're a disciple, you'd feel that way. Jesus was constantly jacking them up and like, throwing like curveballs at them and stuff like that. So I could get, I would get that if I were them. If, if, you know, if it were me there, I'd feel bad. I'd feel terrible, you know? And so, uh, but I'd, I'd probably let them wash my feet just because that stuff kind of freaks me out. So I wouldn't want to wash anyone else's feet. So drying them with a towel, he wraps them around. Peter freaks out. He has some certain expectations. And Jesus says this to Peter, if you don't get this, If you don't let me wash your feet, like you've got, remember, Jesus knew all power and authority had been given to him and he was was going back to the Father and he was like, if you don't get this, you have no part with me. You can't be identified with me if you don't get this stripping of authority, stripping of entitlement, all this kind of stuff. You've got to get this, Peter. And then Peter, you know, like Peter goes crazy and he says, and then wash everything. And Jesus is like, no, I am not doing that. But, you know, don't worry about that. But it's like, it's like, Jesus makes this point. You've got to get this, okay? And so he, he washes their feet, and it says, when he'd finished washing their feet, he put on the clothes, right? He put back on his rabbi robe and returned to his place, which was probably at the head of the table because he was the person of honor. So Jesus gets, puts it back on and say, as if to say, yeah, I just did that. Now, that's exactly what he does say. Watch. He says, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. That is what I am. Jesus doesn't say, no, man, you know what? We're just all equals. Jesus, 
Jesus was entitled to have his feet washed. He is teacher. He is Lord. So he's not dismissing that fact that he was owed something at all. He says, you got to get this. Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, uh, and rightly so. That's exactly, uh, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now, I can't prove this in the Bible. First of all, we just don't wash each other's feet anymore. Uh, as, I mean, maybe you do, but that's, a, that's when Lisa and I left uh, our old church um, to come here. They had this kind of anointing ceremony thing where they would kind of, they, con- they commissioned us into, um, into ministry. And part of that was a foot washing thing. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know what it was like back then, but I'm just like, I just don't like people touching my feet, you know? And, and so maybe it's normal back then. I don't know. And my feet are nasty. And so I'm all on, I'm like, you know, you know? And so I'm like, I just felt the whole time, like, dude, I'm really sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, I'll, I buy, I should have scrubbed in there. Right? I have this little, you know, like a, something to kind of get all of it. But, and so, and so it just is uncomfortable. But here's, here's what I'm hoping, here's what I'm hoping we get at, into the, as we go into this week. I hope that we understand that when we let people off the hook of our expectations, we are taking off all what we're owed, all the entitlement, all our power structure. And we're giving them an act of mercy. We're washing their feet. We're saying, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's like I, like I lent you some money. You know what? You don't need to pay me back. As the worship band comes back up, um, here's what he says. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. And here's what I've noticed uh, about my own life. You know, I look back at what Jesus said to the disciples, and he says, do you know what I've done for you? So he, remember when he said that? Do you know what I've done for you? I want to raise my hand and go, I think I know what you've done for me, Jesus. You've saved me. Like you've, you've thrown me a lifeline of, that I can get through it when I'm not treated well. You've set me free. Like the idea that I don't have to keep track of what you owe me and you owe me and I owe you and all this kind of stuff, that we can get to a place where I can just kind of go, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. Jesus, when he washed the disciples' feet, he said, I'm setting you free from having to keep score. I'm setting you free from having expectations. And here's what I've just noticed going through life. The people that get this, they're blessed when they do it. 